0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE.
1: Hi, this is Lacey from Bourbon House, and you're listening to my favorite rock music podcast, The Hook Rocks.
0: everybody. It is Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Once again, we're hopefully supplying an escape for you during this pandemic. I know things are crazy out there. It's the middle of winter. It's cold. Everybody's crabby and ornery, and there's no live shows on the horizon, which really sucks. But we got some great stuff going on here at the Hook Rocks. We've uh, been doing some really good shows with some really good content One of the guests that uh, I've been looking forward to having on the show is with us tonight. And the band King Bull was part of our top EPs for 2020. Uh, A great band out of Red Deer, Alberta, Canada. And we have singer and guitarist Tucker McMurray. What's going on, man? How are you?
1: Oh I'm pretty I am doing the best I can given uh what's going on in the world. I like to gig more than I have been recently, but uh, I'm getting by.
0: Yeah, man, it's um it truly is a, a test for all of us in more than one way. Um you know, I just had a conversation earlier today about you know a Facebook friend posted she's interested in going to a show a Taylor Swift show in 2024. And at first I was like, oh that's funny. And then I'm like, well wait a minute. Is is that where we're headed? I'm like, I hope the hell not. I you know, I mean, it's it's just crazy. Hopefully <laughs> hopefully things do start to turn around. Um but who knows at this point? It, it is what it is and I guess we just got to keep chugging along, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I yeah. It's not the end of the world. It might be the end of the world. I mean, I'm not one to judge or guess. Um, but yeah, I think we'll get back to doing live stuff sooner than later. It's uh hopefully it doesn't last much longer. But um I mean you gotta stay busy in the meantime. I got interested in vintage motorcycles. I wouldn't have done that without it.
0: Besides
1: uh some positives.
0: Yeah, you know, out of something bad something if something bad good always comes right you know and and um you know whether it's getting into vintage motorcycles whether, whether it's discovering great new music like King bull you know there's always a positive that that happens and you know I have to tell you Chris corradetti who's a frequent guest on the show we always do our best ofs and everything he turned yeah. me on to you guys he was like you got to hear this band King bull they're freaking phenomenal and I'm like all right and I checked them out, and we were both floored, like, how good and how great you guys were. Oh, are. That's, and, that's amazing. That's uh, great to hear. And, and the only question we had, right, is, first of all, where is Red Deer, Alberta, Canada? And, and, two, <laughs> and two, how does sound like that come out of Red Deer, Alberta, Canada?
1: Oh, it's only natural. I mean, May is, if you come up here, we got great music coming out of Red Deer. There's tons of good bands. Um, but nobody knows where Red Deer is, so nobody really knows about the bands that are up here. Uh, it's in the middle of nowhere. If you're from America, it's in the middle of nowhere. If you're from Canada, it makes pretty good sense. <laughs> but um, we're kind of sandwiched between Calgary and Edmonton. Um, British Columbia is on one side, Saskatchewan's on the other. We're right in the middle of everything, and uh yeah, like it's it's not uh we're not an igloos, um <laughs> well, I mean, my drummer might be he lives with me currently, um he might be an igloo soon, <laughs> but uh yeah, no, um just so you know find good music up here it's uh you kind of get it from people that you grow up with, um there's a good pub rock scene, so you learn a ton there. Uh, My family was great. I got a a cool uncle and a good dad, so they showed me, like, the stones and the Who.
0: Well, that leads me to my first question, or or next question, I should say, and that's really the essence of the podcast, as I always say every time a new guest arrives on the show and comes on the show. um, Our whole idea of the podcast is the hook, and just like every... Rock song has a hook that sucks you in. Every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, a band, or performance that hooked them on rock and roll. What was it for you?
1: Um. hmm. That is a good question. Um you know, probably as odd as it might sound, uh a Tom Connors. He's a fellow that sings the good old pocket game. Um he's a uh uh, country western singer but that's what got me into guitar and then from there I went to the Who. But uh, what got me perked in music, yeah, was some guy from Canada that sings about uh playing hockey and potatoes and uh stuff like that. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense but uh that got me that got me tapping my foot and then uh the Who's kids are all right is what got me interested in electric guitar and uh smashing that electric uh electric guitar.
0: Well, you can hear the Who influence in your music, um, you know, that's got that. One of the things that how I described your music is it's it feels like it's going to fall off the rails at any moment. And it doesn't. And there's a beauty in it. It's like this punk meets like aggressive, you know, rock and roll. And well, punk is kind of aggressive rock and roll, but it's more it, It just seems very. It, it it just feels like at any moment it can just all like be a disaster, and it never does. And it's there, and it's so awesome. That's what really kind of drew me into listening to you guys.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, behind the scenes, uh, it is a disaster. It does come off the tracks all the time. That's what it's all about. <laughs> uh, but sonically, yeah, that's what we go for. Uh, it should always sound like that's what's going to happen. I mean, if you come see us live. Strings break, um, you know, notes aren't played exactly right. Um, it's always
0: surprising. Well, that is rock and roll, right? I mean, there is a, yeah. a a beauty in the sloppiness, if you will, right? I mean, you know, we whenever we think of an iconic guitar player who's sloppy, we think of Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin. And, you know, yeah. trying to find the notes and play me playing an extra note when he shouldn't. But that's what makes it so cool. That's what makes it... Rock and roll is, it's emotion, it's feel, he's, you know, he's feeling his way around the fretboard, it doesn't sound perfect, and rock and roll really isn't supposed to sound perfect. Well,
1: yeah, and I mean, like, I don't really know how to hit the right notes in the first place, like, I don't know what people are doing up there when they actually get them, blows my mind, um, but yeah, it's uh, <laughs> I, I like it better when uh, you don't exactly know the right notes, it seems more sporadic, a little bit more fun to watch, fun to listen to.
0: Well, it's like a journey that the person on stage is going through, right? You know, when they're when they're playing, they're on a journey, and it's almost like when that starts to happen, they're taking the crowd with them because the crowd doesn't know where it's going to end up, and neither does the person on stage. And there's and it's and that's really cool when that happens.
1: It is very cool when that happens. Um. Yeah, that's. That's what it's all about. I mean, that's what uh, I liked about playing live music. I still, um, I like writing it lots. Uh, I like recording in the studio lots, but live, you in front of an audience is the greatest.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know, hopefully, when it does come back, we're all out and we all got our fists in the air and we're all rocking out and having a good time.
1: Yeah, people are going to love it. They're going to be uh, um, not that they weren't appreciative before, but uh, it's going to be a whole uh, whole new level. Everybody's you know,
0: gonna be uh That's interesting yeah, that you say that That's interesting that you say that about people appreciating what they miss, right? And I think you know what we never really have talked about that before on the show, about the the appreciation for when something that you want you can't have for you know crazy reasons that you never expected. And when that's something's taken away from you that you you know i go to probably anywhere from 25 to 35 shows a year and yeah. i haven't been to a show since i saw another fellow canadian band big wreck in november of 2019 so oh man that's a long time yeah it's a long time and i'm kind of like you know really appreciating it so my 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 thought is is that will people be more willing to go to shows now and see bands that maybe they have heard about or would have liked to have seen because they know it can all be taken away again.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, I think so. And I more hope so than think so. I don't really think that much. I'm not really that sure, but um, yeah, like, I mean, I'll, I'll be doing that. I'll be going to a ton more shows. Uh, Hopefully everybody does too, because, I mean, I- I'm pretty sick of, like, watching um, live stream stuff, and I've watched all my favorite uh, concert DVDs and whatnot, so it'll be the greatest thing in the world for me, um, and hopefully everybody else is kind of, like, uh, with that, and um, the cool thing is, too, is that when things first start opening up, you're going to be sort of forced to go see smaller shows, I would imagine, um, you know, I don't think... Their first step is going to be everybody pile into Madison Square Garden. So um, it could be a lot of nice opportunities for smaller bands like the one we got, just because more people are going to want to go out because they've been trapped for so long. And um, going out in smaller, like to see pub bands, that makes sense.
0: Yeah. And hopefully, you know, they want to go see live original music, whereas. You know, before maybe it was a cover band, you know, that they wanted to go see. I've never been one to go and and check out a cover band. I always like the live original music. I like to hear what's going on, you know, in certain areas and what people are playing. So, you know, bands like yourselves, you know, with, with King Bull and other bands, there's a lot of exciting new rock bands that are on the verge. And I've said this multiple times, hundreds of times on this podcast that you know, with this pandemic, there's a lot of angst and anger, you know, just because you're cooped up and doing the same thing all the time. And that really is a recipe for success, for rock and roll. And I think if there's ever a right time for rock and roll to see a resurgence, as a result, it's a result of the pandemic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been trying to write uh, some angry punk rock songs about the pandemic, but, uh, um... I don't know. I've got nothing so far. Uh, so far, um, But I, I'm sure that's all yet to come. So far, I've got, like, uh, give it a fucking shot. Go get your shots. Everybody likes to rock. I don't fucking know. How do you write about a pandemic?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, you know, it's interesting because I've had many conversations about this very subject. You know, some people have no problem yeah. tapping into that those creative juices and in, in the, in the well of creativity. And others... You know, are just kind of like, I'm not doing anything that inspires me. I'm I'm kind of just stuck and not doing and living life, and it's hard for me to find that, that subject to write about. So... Yeah. Is that where you're at? Yeah, you truthfully... Know, with
1: um, truthfully, I've had a little bit of both. Like, I've had uh, moments where I've written some really good stuff and um, been happy to have the downtime. We recorded pretty much... I would say like 70, 80% of our next record, um, sort of through December. So we've, we've had lots of inspiration and had lots of moments. Um, and then other times where you're just like, you know, is this ever going to end? Jeez this is terrible. Um, but it's, it, it's kind of like a happy, happy balance. I, I'm still working full time. Like I'm a mechanic and things that break down have to get fixed. So I've, I've still got stuff going on, but, uh, yeah, it's in and out. It's in and out for sure.
0: You know, getting back to, you know, the influences that you had. You talked about the Who and you talked about, you know, Pete Townsend. Where did it go from there? Yeah. You know, after you know you got exposed to the kids are all right, you know, what are what are some of the other influences that you had?
1: Uh Rob Zombie. Um <laughs> I, that's, that's not that serious thing. Right now I'm listening to Rob Zombie shit and I have no idea why. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It went all over the place. Um, big fan of Kings Leon. Big fan of um, pretty much any British rock and roll band. Obviously the Beatles, um, Tom Petty, stuff like that. Um, recently, last couple of years, focused in on an Australian band called the Thrones, thanks to my drummer pointing them out. They're a killer. And then they started a band called Tropical Foxstone. They're really good. Uh, and then Canadian artist Daniel Romano. If you don't know who that is, you got to get on
0: that. Um, what was the name yeah. of a- a- Andy Romano? Daniel Romano, Daniel, that is. Daniel. Daniel. Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's got a, a few different bands. Um, he does rock and roll, country. Um, punk rock with ancient shapes that's probably my favorite thing that he does but it's all great so uh all you uh southern down in the states uh check out daniel romano he's uh from the north but he's uh the best that he is when it comes to rock and roll I will except definitely for maybe check that.
0: Us, of course well you yeah except for, except for Bull, you know um <laughs> yeah yeah i'll definitely check that out thank you what about you know, the evolution to wanting to be in a band and being on stage, you know, where did that come from?
1: Um, that's, uh, well, I guess I grew up in a, a noisy, loud house with the people and you kind of just, you don't ever really get the microphone. So once I figured out
0: that those existed, that I kind of wanted to grab a hold of one. (laughs) Well, was there a performance, a band that you saw that was like, that just blew me away, I need to be on stage and I need to do that?
1: Um, one specific moment, I mean, ever since I knew that you could do live music, uh, that that made sense, that seemed like something that uh, I would want to do for all all intents and purposes. Like, I would say the first live acts that I would have seen footage of, probably The Stones, it's either The Stones or The Who, um... But you just look at that and you're like, okay, well, yeah, that's the coolest thing ever. Of course you'd want to do that. And then at some point in time, my oldest sister got really into the Ramones. And then it got all that much more cooler. Um, I was probably like 11 then. And once I saw what they were doing, um, I figured out their songs. I uh, started writing songs that I guess you could just say were Ramones ripoffs. Um, I got this one song I wrote when I was 11. It's exactly... Uh, What the Ramones would do But I mean That's how I got into it That's how um, You start jamming
0: The band is King Bull. You guys Are You know To me You know One of the best New up and coming bands That are out there I just I freaking love the EP What happened here Tell us about the history Of the band Where did you guys come from?
1: Um, We All come from Pretty much the exact same place Like Uh idea Alberta is this little um it's a city with probably a hundred thousand people, maybe hundred ten thousand people. We actually live uh twenty minutes north in like the outskirts in a little town called Black Falls. Uh I went to school there in this little school with like three hundred kids. And in the fourth grade we got a new kid that was uh our now bass player. He didn't play any instruments at the time but uh, I asked if he had any and he had access to a bass so he was voted bass player because uh, that makes lots of sense. And uh, we started jamming um, and then Alex, he was from another town that's even another 20 minutes further north but uh, my mom and his mom were to the same school. So they set us up on a little uh, play date because he had drums and I had a guitar and um, he took a little bit We had to work him in a little bit Before he was perfect like, When we first brought him in He uh, wasn't smoking cigarettes or anything like that So we were probably in the 8th and ninth grade Sort of bullied him into smoking uh, That's part of playing rock and roll isn't it So <laughs> um, Yeah ever since then That's it we've just
0: been jamming since we were in the 8th grade So he's the new guy Basically He's the new guy yeah Yeah he's the new guy yeah. It's, yeah, yeah.
1: although he's now the responsible one. He's the one that tells us to, uh, what to do and uh, got us off the smoke. That was a bad idea.
0: And where to show up for gigs and, and what time you're going on, right?
1: Yeah, he's the itinerary guy. Like, if you set all this up on email, he's the guy that you're talking to. He's a manager. He does um, just about everything. I mean, on the road, um, Aiden probably keeps us. Aiden's the base player. He probably keeps us flying the straightest. But uh, Alex is the guy that... Sort of sets us
0: on the path you guys develop you start playing eight you know eighth ninth grade and you know you kept moving forward you just released the latest EP what happened here which was the follow-up to Shanana mouth breathers
1: oh yeah those two
0: songs yeah 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 so what's the writing process for you guys like how do you guys collaborate? Um, we just grunt at each other from across the room. <laughs> There's no words spoken. It's just it's just grunting and and you know pointing.
1: Pretty much, like you can't really talk. Like you can say a sentence, but the amp's are so loud that you don't really pick up what the other guy says. Okay, but well, you can tell by what the eyebrows are doing. Um, and sometimes he grunts. Like you could go talk in a microphone, but then only one. Then it gets really loud, so we just kind of. Grunt and nod until we think we're getting it, and like it's two chords, so you don't got to communicate all that much.
0: Yeah, and plus, you know, if you guys really want to tap into your, you know, Neanderthal selves, you know, yeah, grunting and and, and do you guys ever watch Quest for Fire uh, to get to get inspiration? <laughs>
1: uh, where the act is, but we haven't watched it.
0: Okay, okay, all right. <laughs> so,
1: no, I haven't seen it. No, no. It's well. I mean,
0: if you guys are into grunting, I mean, that's really pretty much the whole dialogue. Excellent. Yeah. So, the, you know, this Excellent. new this new EP. What happened here? You know, tell us more about the recording of it, how it came to be, all the grunting, all the pointing, all that stuff. Because it's it's a solid EP. Like I said, for both me and Chris, who did a best of EPs 2020, it was in our top five. Um, Just an amazing, sonically awesome album. Like I said, so much energy. It's a lot of fun. You know, a lot of people talk about the fun not being in rock and roll anymore. It's definitely here with what happened here. Um, So tell us about the recording process and how the songs came to be.
1: Um, Well, I'm glad you call it fun. I mean, that's what it it was sort of uh, spawned from fun, I guess you could say, Um, with a band that is basically just guys that has been buds hanging out for many years. Um, it's just a rock and roll record. Like the songs are about nothing um nothing too out of this world. Um it's kind of just a bunch of words that sound cool. It could mean a lot of things, depends what spin you put on it. Um when it came to recording we basically just took what we do live and then brought it into a studio. There's a studio called uh Velveteen that's uh in Edmonton uh, people from America might know where that is. Uh, but we just brought our, our live rig into the studio and sort of recorded the meat and potatoes of it live and then um, went in and like did vocals afterwards so I could figure out what a harmony was. I still don't know what a harmony is. I just thought that that's what two people sing at the same time. Um, but yeah, they got some of those in there. I guess, he knows <laughs> um, but yeah, like, um, there's not a whole lot to tell. Loud amps, um, loud drums, like, that's what rock and roll bands do. When, uh, you're, when you're
0: putting an, an EP like this together, you, you talk about, you know, it's it spawned from fun, you know, and, and you guys obviously have a history with each other, growing up with each other, um, is it easy to record when you have the history with each other? When you have when you know each other so well and you guys are all kind of going towards the same conclusion, right? You guys all want the same thing. Y'all you, you have the same sound in your head. Is that is that true what I'm saying or what I'm asking you or, or is is it trying to bring in different influences from from the three members?
1: well, we can't really play to a metronome. So it's kind of a nightmare, um, in, in, in the studio. But, uh, aside from that, it's great. Like we're, we're totally comfortable with each other. Um, you know, if somebody makes a mistake, it's fine because it's like, well, that's Alex on the drums. Of course, he, of course he screwed that fill up. It's Alex. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm joking. This is so he can listen back and, um, throw stuff at me. um, Yeah, it's just super comfy. Um, Every now and then we think about uh, bringing somebody else in for like the really big shows and stuff like that. And it would have to be somebody that we knew real well just because um, after being in a band that's this comfortable, um, I mean, when we go on tour, I sleep in the same bed as Alex or he sleeps in the same bed as me. We're not sure. Um, He says I snore. I don't. I'll set the record straight on that. I had a nose surgery two years ago. I do not snore. But other
0: guys it's just like um, I mean, do. Yeah, how would you how would you know like if fan, you snore like, though? How would you know? Like, you know, I mean you are sleeping when supposedly you are snoring, so you really can't say if you do or not. Oh you gotta know. Everybody knows. Do you ever wake yourself up? Do you snore? No, I do not.
1: Um no. No.
0: I've been told <laughs> I've been told I don't. I've been told I don't. I, I've been told I, I breathe heavy, but I, I, I don't snore. Yeah. Um I a, a relaxed like, breathing. I, I'd like Tucker. to think
1: <laughs> I have such a uh, deep sleep that you, it could be a hurricane created by myself and I would have no idea. I've been told it sounds like you just stuffed a like a vacuum cleaner full of wet rags and then like put that underwater.
0: So you so you typically, you know, you, you just stated a falsehood. You don't know if you snore or not. No, but I
1: must insist that I don't. I mean, you know, I must insist that I do not. I think they're just trying to give me a hard time because they don't like me or something.
0: Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I do suppose that they do like you. I mean, they are sleeping in the same bed with you, so there is some sort of, oh yeah, you know. So, so yeah, I think there's a mutual like yeah. between each other. Yeah, there must be. Otherwise, it's just like,
1: you know. You said it yourself, we're in the middle of nowhere. There's nobody else. Like if um they decide to punt me or I decide to punt them, well, now you're a solo project and you know you gotta be uh you gotta be pretty damn good to sit there and spot the drums or play the guitar all by yourself and uh create something that's uh as pleasing as when you're doing it with everybody else.
0: That may be the reason why you guys will ever will stay together because there's no one else out there to play the music that you guys, so you guys might, <laughs> might as well deal with each other.
1: Yeah, exactly. Up here, that's the case, anyway. If we ever break out onto the scene, then there's going to be so much drama and turmoil. Yes. But that's when we'll make like some real cool film that everybody watches, where there's all these hardships, doing and you know stuff like that.
0: You call it, You could call it instead of like the kids are all right. You can say the band that plays together spoons together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could call it that. That'd be yeah, it would be you know, and it's rated PG thirteen. So, um, yeah, spooning with the drummer. Spooning with the drummer is that is, is yes is is chapter one in the trilogy. Um, yeah. So it, it just seems like you know, like I said, you guys are all hearing the same sound. You know, it's 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 because you guys have grown up and been playing with each other for a long time. Um, it must be easy to kind of kind of come in and get the same vibe from each other and and all go in the same direction is that really what happens with you guys um yeah pretty
1: much like um, if I like usually the flow would be something along the lines of I walk in with about a minute and 30 seconds worth of um, verse chorus verse chorus like very just basic song layouts and i don't really even have to show the guys um every now and then if there's like a little intricate part i'll have to be like all right so we might have to do something or if there's something that just sounds kind of um janky um somebody will point it out somebody be like this one part just isn't sounding right but we'll be just kind of you know one of us will play the riff once and then everybody jumps in and their parts are usually bang on like you don't have to sit there and explain how you want it to sound you know the sound it's going to make, so you made the riff so it works good to that sound. I guess it's uh, it's just very natural. Um, you hit the guitar, Alex hits the drums, Aiden launches the bass, and um, nine times out of ten, it sounds good.
0: When you're putting together an EP like this, and you know you you is there is there a different Vibe that you want to convey when you're when you're writing the music versus what you've done before is it just you know just just play fun rock and roll and see where it goes I mean is there is there an organic type of evolution with the music or is it just staying true to your roots and staying true to who you guys are and just playing what you know,
1: um, little of both uh, I would say um, like I've been like I think the writing style could change. Um, I think the the way that the song just structured um could change lots. Um eventually I might try to work a bridge in there or something. Who knows? That'd be crazy, man. Um but yeah, like for the most part it's we just kinda have a way of playing that won't really change. Like we've kinda tried before to but it doesn't it evolves, but mostly just in terms of song structuring. Um, and we hopefully we get better. You know, hopefully the songs get better. That's the whole purpose of all this. Um,
0: yeah. When yeah, you, I don't know. When you, um, uh, when, when you do put out music like this, right? And you do have an EP that a lot of people feel is very strong. And you know, there's really nowhere to go with it right now um, because of the pandemic. It's hard to play live and find places that are willing to have crowds come in. And, you know, even if they do, it's so many people can only come in. Um, I know here in the States, depending on what state you're in, it's different, right? Um, Yeah. With that being said, what is the plan for you guys, you know, once things start to simmer down and get, get more controlled with what, is happening with the virus You know is it to put out more music Is it to start playing this out Live and, and getting gigs In either the states or Canada Or wherever you can find them What is you know the goal for you guys Once this once this does end And who knows when it ends But is there a vision that you guys have
1: Um, Yeah like More or less There's no um, extreme Dead set vision because it's so Unpredictable but uh, we'll definitely get out playing as soon as we can and can do it safely. Uh, we don't want to necessarily go putting people at risk. Like if it's a bad situation, we wouldn't play. But uh, if it seems safe to us, like uh, the second we're allowed to start touring within Canada, we'll get back on that. Um, the states—it sounds like it's going to be tough to get in and tour the states if you're outside of the states for a long time. Europe, maybe not quite as bad. Um but it's also hard to say like if we just have to keep putting out records until we can play, we will like, um, like I was saying earlier, we recorded most of our next record, which will probably be an eight song. I guess you would call it an EP because eight songs is probably still less than 30 minutes, but um, yeah, we'll just keep putting stuff out if we have to. I don't want to start doing like a online streaming TV show or something. Actually, that might be okay. We had this idea for a thing called Cooking with King Bowl where we host other bands from across the world. We'll cook dishes and talk to them. Uh, But, yeah, that's that's a whole other thing. So, I don't know. If we can play gigs, we'll play gigs. But, uh, I don't know. For this record cycle, we're already going to be, like, you know, another record into it. Like, when you come see us again, we'll probably have two records on the table for you to buy.
0: And that really seems like a common theme with a lot of artists that I've talked to is, you know, they're sitting around and they're creating music because they want to have music in their arsenal, you know, if, if you will, to tour on and to keep touring on because, you know, as when, once things start up, right, it's going to be a go for everybody. And I was just talking to a fellow Canadian earlier this week, Todd Kearns, Todd Dammit Kearns, um, you know, who's in Slash's band um, as well, and and some other bands too. He's got a project, you know, called Minefield coming out. But he was talking about... Yeah, I love that guy. Yeah, he was talking about there being like a log jam, you know, of of when everyone starts to come out and start playing music again. And it's going to be where people are going to be on the road for a long time. And if you have music already recorded, you can kind of put that out at a, at a certain pace where you have the album that you're finally touring on and then so many months into it you can release another single and just keeping just keeping people's interest and, and keeping yourself in front of the fans because there's going to be so much going on with attention just kind of going oh this band's playing oh this band's playing it's gonna be it's gonna be a great craziness don't get me wrong but I think if the more bands that are prepared are the ones that are really going to thrive through it
1: Yeah, yeah, like, there's a smart way to do it, for sure. I could see our impatience getting in the way, and I could see us just getting, uh, you know, sitting on a record for too long, we got to release it otherwise, in you know, a year we might not like it anymore. I think we could do it better, and then you get stuck on a record. So just to not go crazy, I would probably keep putting them out, but it would be the best situation is if you, when things open up and you're starting to tour again, if you had a record or two that you were sitting on, just to keep you ahead of the curve when everybody is going to shows again.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's another interesting point that you make because you're creating music now during the pandemic. The pandemic will be yeah. over at some point, and you're going to start touring. And you've got this music that you recorded during a time where people can call it a dark time. They can call it you know whatever they want to say. you know, And, and your emotions really kind of dictate where your writing is and where your creativity is so as you start touring again eight months nine months into it you're going to maybe look back at this material and be like i can't connect with this anymore this is not the place that i'm in you know so i mean that's a you know definite possibility with creating music in a situation like this so maybe releasing it sooner rather than later you know because then you start playing it more you're playing it when you're when you're playing in the pubs and in the clubs it it can still connect with you rather than sitting on it. And then all of a sudden you're playing it in practice or warming up and you're like, man, I don't even identify with this anymore. We wrote this song. This is crazy. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sitting on stuff's Never a good idea. I find myself at some one point or another, I always find myself, um, not being as enthusiastic about any given song. Like it could be the best thing that, um, we've ever put out. And there's going to come a time and place where, if I wrote this today, I wouldn't. So sitting on stuff never a good idea. And like if you're writing depressed pandemic music, well, I mean, don't sit on that either. Get it out because yeah, if you're not connecting with that later, well.
0: Yeah. When you're writing, um, you know, when you're yeah. writing lyrics and writing music, what is important to you to convey in the song? Is it is it about fun stuff? Is it about having a good time? Is it anything personal? Where do you find your your uh, motivation to write? Um, like,
1: (laughs) um, a lot of the time it's just got to sound really good. Um, but I don't really write about fun stuff at all. Like, I guess most of it you could kind of like, it's probably pulled from something personal, but I want to make it, um, like consumable. And I don't mean that as in like a watered down. I just, like when it's something that everybody, like I don't want it to be like an exact, you know, I went to the fucking store the other day and got some chips, like word for word story. So I just kind of try to make these like uh, four line um, cheese eater, lead head sort of poetry style verses with a course that sounds good. Um, You know, nothing too complex, like kind of simple, kind of easy for everybody to, get on to, but still means something. Like, um, you can't be too, uh, too mindless. Sure. You know what I mean? Probably a terrible explanation.
0: No, no. I mean, it's, it's, is it about like what you experience or is it more kind of, you know, something that you observe, you know, or something that you feel more,
1: more like more, more observational, like, um, um, more just like, i guess uh looking out and you know what uh, you, uh my, my take on a ton of things that are going on never really about anything specific like i don't like to think about anything that happened politically because uh, uh i probably haven't experienced enough uh real radical political living to justify a political song or anything like that um that could all change of course but yeah i don't know man like uh it's tough. I I kind of just make it sound good, but um, pertain to my observations on life as I see it, I guess. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you know, kind of like a tongue-in-cheek yeah. type of thing? Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, um, tongue-in-cheek is a good thing. I use that all the time. Um, like, I, I always try to, like, have things sort of sound that uh, tongue-in-cheek way where it sounds like it's got a little bit of attitude on it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. Because I know I'm writing about stuff. I just don't know how to summarize it um, mm-hmm. into, into good English sentences.
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's just kind of how you <laughs> feel, right? It's, it's kind of what you're observing. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's really no perfect answer. There's no perfect way to answer it. So, um, yeah. you know, it's all context, right? It's all, you know, I, 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 I did an interview with, with Glenn Hughes, um, gosh, a few months ago, and, and we were talking about the same exact thing, and he's like, "I never write about anything personal. It's all observation. It's all, you know, what what I see and what I what I feel, you know, what happens and whatnot. But I never really tap into anything that is personal. And that was interesting because you know he's such a prolific writer and a pro- prolific performer. It um it was interesting to hear that."
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the key to being prolific is being able to of really get outside of your own head, um, to write a million songs. That's the best way to do it is if you can, um, think about what something could be happening with somebody else. Like that's a really good way to do it. Um, that's something I would like to get better at over time. I think it's kind of easy just to tell your own story, uh, like, uh, cry about your own things that happen. Like that's, that's fairly easy, but it gets, Uh, I think the key to being really is to get outside your own head.
0: And as far Uh, unless you got personal stories, well, yeah, I mean, if you've got personal stories that you want to share, I mean, that's always an interesting way to write too, because you got to tap into that, you got to reconnect with those moments that made you feel sad, you know, happy or angry, and you know, you got to basically relive that, and not everybody wants to do that. No, no, exactly. As far as rock and roll goes, and as far as the future of music, you know, we talk a lot on this podcast about the relevance of rock and roll and where it's going in its future. Um, I've said many times about how the young bands in rock and roll are poised to take over the world. I really do think that it's coming. There's so much momentum, and there was a lot of momentum prior to the pandemic, and, of course, everything had to be put on pause, What's your thoughts on where this music genre, rock and roll, is going?
1: Um, good question. Uh, I think it'll keep moving along. Like, I don't know if it's going to be the exact massive explosion as fast as I dreamed it would be when I was four. Um, well, let's say eight. eight is when I probably understood that pop was like what everybody else that I knew was listening to and that rock and roll actually wasn't huge. I thought it was massive until I hit grade school. Um, and then I was like, Oh shit, am I the only one? Um, but I, I think it's definitely going to start to come back Like people are going to love to see music that's actually play on instruments at some time or another. Like that's always going to be something that lives on. So it's, it can, it can only be good. Like I don't think that it will ever, um, you know, everybody's heard the whole rock and roll is dead uh, cliche but it really couldn't be like right now shows are it can be quite small up in Canada um, I could only see that getting better because people are going to keep playing and everybody's going to be so sick of just listening to music streams to phones or uh, things like that they're going to want to see actual guitars getting played
0: um, actual drums being hit you know Yeah, and I really think, you know, when you think about what you just said, real instruments being played, and, you know, one of the things that I I harp on a lot is the lack of music education or music appreciation in schools for the younger generation, where they don't hear real instruments. They don't learn about whether it's horns or whether it's the guitar or drums, whatever. And as they grow older, they're not familiar with, how instruments are played and what they sound like, they are really into their computers. So when they hear sampled beats and, you know, fake auto tune stuff, it, it's like they, it's natural to them because they, they're growing up in a technology age where, you know, they're not experiencing that. And then when you hear rock and roll, and rock and roll relies a lot on, on that pure, raw instrument playing it's, you know, for, for the younger generation, it's almost like it's foreign to them. They don't really know what to think of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, hopefully it is. Like, the, that's an the excellent point you have about how it's not uh, really focused in on in schools anymore. Like, that's been uh, on the decline for a long, long time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, kids always want to listen to something that their parents uh, don't. So, hopefully the younger generation right now, like, I guess if you're... A kid right now that's like 10, your parents are probably, I don't know how old, I'm not uh, no whiz kid with the math, but uh, your parents are probably listening to some electronic music and you probably um, got so much electronic music that's like right in front of your face that you probably do want something else. So hopefully these people start growing up and discovering that you can go see real music being generated with real instruments, um, strings and wood and Things that actually exist. Um, the people have got to start. Well, I wouldn't say got to, but I'm imagining people will sort of start to push technology away when they realize that it's quite like their lives can be quite consumed by it. So then you're going to want to go enjoy real life stuff. Um, I mean, half the people that I know that are my age right now are realizing how much time they spend on their phones and are being like, oh my God, I hate this thing. I just want to do something real. So. Rock and roll is part of that,
0: you know? Yeah, absolutely. And there's also, you know, the context of, too, like the question that I asked about, you know, how you feel about the current state of rock and roll. But it's also important for you guys, King Bull, to keep making good music, right, and keep playing the music you love outside of what's happening with music genres and where music is fitting in. Because good music will always be found. Right, and, and good music will always Live and you know it doesn't Have to be you know where Where you know your your tour bus Is being shaken and there's Millions of people surrounding You as long as you're doing what you love And you're playing good music And music that you're proud of It'll come eventually
1: Oh yeah yeah and as long as you can sleep At night it doesn't really matter you know Like if you're in it to have people shaking A tour bus well then um, you have just as much luck um, retiring off lottery tickets. Um, you you gotta like playing music. You gotta like writing the songs, and it's got to be something that you do even when everybody was gone. Like that's, thats sort of how we are. Like um, that's why the pandemic, as much as it's uh, no fun, it hasn't hindered us too much because we just genuinely like playing with each other. And it's something that we always do. The songs always come. Um, so if it's not uh, the most focused on genre whatever like people are still gonna like it people still like live music um yeah everything's in good hands the way i see
2: it we're
0: in 2021 right now what is going to be happening with king bull outside of potentially touring outside of what's happening with the pandemic will there be new music this year
1: Will there be new music this year? Well, we got a record label. We haven't even really talked to them about the plans to release the new music, so I don't want to make any promises. We'll have new songs written, so uh, fingers crossed. You get some new music out. Hopefully, like a single or something in the in the fall. That'd be great, wouldn't it?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And and just a little yeah. re- a little request: if if there's ever an opportunity to release the EP on like CD, I, I'm totally game. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally game.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. We listen to all your stuff. We listen to all the stuff where you guys are talking about how you want physical copies. Um, we're making sure that happens, and you guys are first on the mailing list.
0: Well, I appreciate that because, you know, I I actually had to buy a new car this past summer, and I was checking yeah. out the new models, and they don't have CD players in it. And I looked at the salesman. I go, give me the model of this vehicle, the last model that has a CD player. What do you got on the lot?" <laughs> And he's like, are you serious? I'm like, dead serious. I'm like, I am not buying anything without a CD player. So I ended up buying a used car, like a two-year-old car, um, with a CD player just so I can have the ability to have my CDs in my car. And th- that's how I roll, Tucker. That's that's what I want to do.
1: Incredible. I wow. will wow. we'll get you a CD, 100%. We'll no, get you CD. no, I will buy I'm the CD. Losing.
0: I will buy the CD. I just want to be able to purchase it. That's That's my goal.
1: Oh, you want to make it purchasable? Okay, yeah. Well, we'll make it purchaseable. Um, we'll definitely do that. And uh, I just don't know when. Um, like I say, with this label, we got to yell at them and say, "All right, guys, let's make some CDs." I'm sure they'll say they'll in accent, but they'll say, "All right, man, we'll get on that CD." I think he's gonna have them CDs anytime they want.
0: So yeah, you got to correct that. whip. We'll get you some CDs. You got to correct that whip. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, we do. Well, Tucker, it's been a blast. It's been a fun conversation. I appreciate you coming on, man. I love the band. I love what you guys are doing. Um, looking forward to more material. Looking forward to more music. Um, just a, an exciting band. You know, for those that are listening, th- the band is just—it's fun. It's—it—it just—it's a great vibe during this time. It, I think it's—it's it's what's needed, and uh, it should be celebrated. So, kudos to you guys for really kind of driving that on your new music here with the EP and thank you very much.
1: Well, those are such kind words. Uh, We, we uh, truly love you for uh, reaching out and uh, discovering us. I know we're out here in the middle of nowhere, probably kind of tough to discover. We don't know how you did it, but uh, we appreciate it with all our hearts.
0: Well, that goes to my friend who's, who's been on the show, Chris Corradetti. He sent me uh, a message like, Jay you gotta, you gotta check out this band And I'm like alright And I started playing it And we just were like Going back and forth Like oh this is great This is awesome So I discovered it through him I don't know I don't remember how he discovered it But um, nonetheless We're both happy we did And uh, you know The EP out there is is What happened here Tell everybody where they can get it
1: uh, You can get it on On Spotify, Google Play, Apple Music, youtubes uh, uh Google Rocks, uh, Intertunes, anything on the internet.
0: Go get it at Bandcamp because they, you know... Bandcamp. Oh yeah. Bandcamp. How
1: could I forget Bandcamp?
0: Holy shit. I think that might be the only place you can actually pay for it. Yes. They actually give you guys money when you sell stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So no. um, Okay. Yeah. Get it on Bandcamp. Come on, Tucker. You know I mean? (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) But no, it's Um, a, it's a phenomenal EP. I'm sure everybody will be happy with it. If you like the who punk rock, the Ramones, it's um, it's definitely going to make you happy when you listen to it.
1: Yeah, and uh, on note of where you can actually buy stuff, if you follow us on Instagram or Facebook, we've got uh, we've got tons of stuff that you can buy online. We'll ship shirts uh, uh, and whatever else we have for merch goodies. Awesome.
0: Well, thanks again, man. I appreciate it everyone that is tucker mcmurray singer and guitar player for king bull i'm jay scott this is the hook rocks the ultimate rock community podcast now part of pantheon music network of podcasts check us out there thank you very much stay safe stay healthy and we will talk again soon thank you